But you know why most teammates disengage? Is because they don't feel appreciated, valued, heard. Because you're not listening. Yeah, they're not listening. And and, and I, share, listening. I share this amazing quote by a guy named Andy Stanley. It, it, he says, leaders who don't listen are soon surrounded by people who have nothing to say. This is At The Podium with Manuela Mesqua, a podcast featuring interviews with top performers in sports, business, and entertainment to uncover the stories, lessons, and disciplines of the top 1%. Ladies and gentlemen. And now here's your host, CEO and entrepreneur, Manuela Mesqua. Folks, I'm so excited to bring you another conversation at the podium today. I have a very special guest, uh, a friend that I made a half dozen years ago in my transition to the great state of Michigan. I got to tell you, this is going to be a great discussion today on so many different topics like inspiration, building high performance teams, what you lessons from the locker room, service, self-care, what great and extraordinary teams are doing at halftime when they're halfway through the year. Today, we are here with one of the most recognized voices nationally as a keynote speaker around building high-performance teams, four-time author, two-time father, one-time husband, one-time Penn State football team captain, three-year starter under legendary coach Joe Paterno, retired football assassin, Lee Rubin, my friend. Welcome to the show. Yeah, it's good to be here. It's good to be here. It's been a minute, right? Yeah, yeah, but understandably so. We, you know, life life gets busy and we've got our heads down, but it's good to catch up and be together today. Conversation today is going to be awesome. Like I said to our listeners across the country, we're going to tackle topics like where we're getting our inspiration from, lessons from legendary coaches in the locker room, being a great teammate, how to build a high performance team. Hey, how are we checking in on ourselves? How are we adding value to others? And what do we do at halftime to make sure that we net net a win? I want to start with a few of the basic questions that I have begun to retool to ensure that our listeners can very quickly feel like they've gotten to know you and get to know a little bit behind who Lee Rubin is. Would you mind if I kick that off? Absolutely. That's fine. All right. Awesome. So, hey, number one, I've always thought that understanding someone's childhood superhero gives us an inside perspective to the way you dreamt as a little boy. Favorite childhood superhero? Just one? Yes. Uh and it can't be Joe Paterno. No, it, it's not. It's not Joe Paterno. I, I, I didn't really recognize who he was until later in life, you know, later in high school uh, when, when the recruiting started. Um, there was a Michael Jordan poster on the wall. Um, I, I was I was a UNC basketball fan, University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill basketball fan. Um, and, and then he was a superstar in the NBA. I just loved his drive. Interestingly enough, um, I thought I was going to be a basketball player, not, not a football player. 
didn't play football my first year and a half of high school, was completely focused on basketball. And I just, you know, coming from the East, New Jersey guy, um, you know, really good basketball state, basketball region. I just thought it was, I was going to be a basketball player. Was 5'9 in high school, still 5'9 and a half. <laughs> um, so there were more offers for football than for basketball. <clears throat> But, I, I, you know, in, in, in terms of someone I looked up to who was driven the, the way I feel like I like that drive that was in me was was Michael Jordan. No. Hey, listen, on the way to school this morning. Yeah. Ava and Atlas and I were discussing who was better, Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant. That's a great discussion. Um, and, 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 and here's what makes those comparative discussions difficult, right? Because we're talking about individuals in a team sport. And, and, and so if you take away their teammates and, and who their teammates were, then like it, it's, it's, not, it's, it's, it's hard to have that discussion. Um, but from a leadership perspective, how did those two individuals help their teammates get them or get the team to where they wanted to go. So interesting discussions. I'm going with Mike um, all, all, all day, every day. Mike Jordan. Yeah. Mike Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, in, in fact, just because of the, 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 the timing of those two, I think Kobe patterned much of what he did after, after Michael Jordan and, I think he's got that same drive, those same qualities and was smart enough to say, okay, this guy has been or is where I'm trying to go. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me take that. And I, I see no, I see no issues with that. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Awesome. Great way to start. Second yeah. question. <clears throat> Greatest lesson, most inspiring lesson learned from your parents. From my parents. Um, Uh, that's a great question. Um, love, love, right? Um, love your neighbor as yourself. Really that simple. Treat others the way you'd like to be treated. Um, it's, it's not about you. This is a life of, of service. Um, so my dad, uh, was former army guy, former high school teacher and pastor. My, my mother was, in terms of us growing up was a stay at home mom, but spent time with young people, did some part-time stuff um, working in, 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 in a nursery school, but their lives was a life were, were lives of service. And, you know, just it's, it's this, you're one of about 7 billion people on the planet. It's not about you love, you know, love your neighbor the way you love yourself. I, and I, it wasn't I explicitly stated that way. Um, it was it was lived that way. And in in and you and I had this discussion briefly a few years back that you know 60-70% of communication is uh you know the behavior, the the animation, the body, not the actual words. Right. The number so yeah. well said. I, I do want to come back to that conversation around service, yeah, and serving others because I know that's a hot topic for you, hot button for you right now, as yeah. it should be for all of us. All the time. Agreed. But I want to come back to that. And I'm going to. Yeah. Third question. 
who today, whether it's in business, sports, or politics, is inspiring you to be the best you and why? Can I go outside of business and politics? A hundred percent. I'm, you know, I'm feeding names and categories, hoping that I get something back instead of nothing. No, it's, it's, it's the people right here in my circle on my team. It's my wife, it's my children. It's, it's the people I live for. Um, They are incredible human beings. They are out there doing some incredible things. Um, So I, I don't have to look far. I don't have to read any books or watch, you know, watch any documentaries to find people who inspire me. Um, not, not, not just because of my care and concern for them, but they're just really cool people who are making a difference in the world. So I, I don't have to look far. I'm, 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 I'm very blessed in that way. I, I love that. And you, you said that a few years ago when we invested, well, we've invested a little bit of time together, but we invested some meaningful time together overnight, couple days where you came in and spoke to our entire leadership team or managers or directors and above yeah. on the five C's building high performance teams. And I often think about when I listen to you speak about your family, like this guy's literally got, he, he's like doing a beta project in his own house, building <laughs> a high performance team, your we- daughters. I mean, seriously, go ahead and boast for a minute. And then we're going to get, we're going to pivot. Yeah. We're, we're a team. We're a yeah. team. And you, you know, the, the work that I've done in business and helping build teams, pulling from my experience as an athlete and as a human resources professional, um, some of those principles, we, we, we fail or forget to take them home. Right. We, we like at home, we don't talk about purpose and, mm-hmm. and, and, and vision. We just live and make sure everyone's okay. But we've taken some time like, okay, where are we trying to go? What are we trying to do? What's our legacy going to be? And, and, you know, we, we don't use this word, but like, what's our brand? Like, who are we in the world? And, and, and when we have those discussions or approach our family or our team that way, it's produced some amazing results. You know, at, at, at the essence of what I'm trying to say is, when, when you're part of a unit and you're part of a team and there's that psychological safety, there's that support, there's that, 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 that security that comes with knowing that you're not in this alone, it frees you to be your absolute best. And um, just excited about that. Let, let's uh, instead of pivoting completely away from that, I mean, I want to, I want to hit on a, 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 a theme right now that, that I heard in the way you were describing everybody within your household. And I hear a lot of entrepreneurism in that. I hear a lot of like, here's my vision. Here's, here's why I think it's relevant to humanity. Here's how I think it adds value. And now I'm just executing. I'm just in the grind. It's go time. And so, but every single person in your family, including yourself, entrepreneur from start to finish. I mean, Talk to me about that. I mean, what, yeah. what are the ingredients in that? What's the secret sauce? Because I see a bunch of kids out there saying, oh, let me let me let me help you accomplish your life goals. And I'm like, you're 17. <laughs> I am old, dude. I am 44. I'm an insomniac. Yeah. Um, I'm happily married with two beautiful children and a wife. Yep. 18 years. Samantha, I just celebrated 18 years on Mon- on, on uh, Sunday, the 5th. Congratulations. You know, but I'm like, I'm an old dude and you're you're like a third of my age and you're going to tell me how you're going to coach me to my right. greatest life ever. Right. 
so I think there's confusion about what it means to be an entrepreneur. The Rubin household is full of entrepreneurs tried and tested. How's that happen? What yeah, is that? So it didn't. It didn't start that way. I was a, I was a corporate guy, right? A, 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 and, and I was at big corporations. Merrill. Oh yeah, you were doing lead generation. You were doing recruiting, HR work, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, but there's always been this this desire to to control my own destiny. I, I think in sports, you you you, it, it's as much of a meritocracy as any other place, right? If you're the guy. Right. If you can bring the most value to the team, you get to play. And and um, when you when you move into big corporations, especially well-structured organizations, there can be a level of restriction. Right. No. Here's your box. You do your job because this is the way the big machine is to work. Yeah. Yeah, And stay there, by the way. Stay there and stay there. Right. Don't 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 extend beyond that because you'll screw them up. And, and, and so around, you know, a little younger than when where you are now, I just I just made a decision. Right. If I don't take the leap or take a chance or take a risk now, I'm never going to do it. And, you know, that around the 40th birthday. And I just I said, let me let me give it a shot. And the only thing well, there were two things that I were do, that I was doing that made sense to try to make a business out of it. One was the recruiting. And so I created a little company called Athletes at Work, where I helped companies. It was a search firm, essentially. I helped companies find former student athletes to to bring those intangible skills into the workplace. Right. So that 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 was that was a cool little business. And then the other thing was speaking. Um, I had no idea that people made a living as speakers, I, you know, I knew who Les Brown was and who Tony Robbins was, was. Uh, Les Brown, man, legend, man. Yeah. Those were like outliers. I didn't know people actually like earned a real living doing this. Um, and, and, and I bumped into some people, uh, some folks who were kind enough to show me the ropes and mentor me. And that's the road that I've been on for a few years now. Um, but, but bringing that home and again, not talking about it, but my family seeing it said, wait a minute, there's alternatives to working for big company X. And I can live my passion. I can do my thing. I can make my impact um, without having to punch someone else's clock. Um, and, and, and so, again, I just believe in exposure. And when people mm-hmm. see something different, it becomes a viable opportunity, a viable option. So let's take this, let's, let's walk this back and let's get back to your collegiate years. Yes. You know, again, today you're widely recognized as one of the most meaningful voices in building high performance teams and cultures and congratulations on that. Thank you. You, you, you came out of one of the highest performing NCAA college football teams, locker rooms, cultures under coach Paterno. Correct. Share, share a lesson or two that you took away from your time under him, that incredible coaching staff and locker room. So, so I think it's important to say right up front that I was part of what coach Paterno called the grand experiment. He wanted real students who were athletes to come to a university and be 
a successful team. Hmm. He wasn't just recruiting five star hmm. superstars um, and said, let me just out talent people. No, mm -hmm. let me let me bring these very talented student athletes into this environment and let's see if we can compete at a very high level, still graduate as many of those student athletes as possible um, and, 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 and see how this works. Because what people forget is Coach Paterno was a Brown University graduate. He was an mm -hmm. Ivy League guy. And um, it, it wasn't just about being successful as a football team. It was helping prepare young men for life. And he would often be asked, right, you know, which of, of, of all your great teams, which was your best team? He goes, I don't know yet. Give me 20, 25 years because I need to find out what kind of husbands, fathers, teachers, clergymen, attorneys, police officers this current class turns out to be. His, his perspective of winning was not just on the scoreboard after the game. It was, okay, how are, how are these men going to learn these lessons and turn out to be later? Which, which is, is, is really important to say right up front because, yeah, th there are some teams that have more national championships and more All-Americans. Very few, though. Um, but in, in terms of overall success and, and, and teaching people how to develop a, a team and, and to be successful together, you're not going to find too many leaders who have a better track record than him. So. With that said, um, you know, th there, there's all kinds of quotes, you know, paternalisms that stick out. Um, mm. But but one that that has really driven me um, after every game, he would say, fellas, we're not as he would. Let me make sure I get it right. You're never as good as you think you are when you win. You're never as bad as you think you are when you lose. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. And then the conversation would continue. We're going to watch the tape of the game we just played. We're going to learn from it and we're going to get better. And, and there was this constant desire. And, and, and these are my words to close the gap between where we are and where we could be. We're never comfortable here. We're always trying to get to where we can be. And, and, and that, that mindset, right? Yeah, it was a great game. We won. Don't get too high. Fellas, we weren't able to pull this one out. Don't get too low. We're going to look objectively to the game tape and we're going to see what we can improve on. And we're going to go back to work on Monday and we're going to get better. And, and, and that's that's the way I function. Right. You know, I, I just did a big talk down in Texas and and, and people were excited about it. You know, I, no, I want the survey results of the constructive criticism. What can I do? to get better. Well, you know, did the, the, the opening joke work the way I wanted to? Was, was my timing and, and my rhythm the way I wanted it to be? Because I, I, I'm not going to get too high. I'm not going to get too low. I'm just going to keep getting better. Yeah. And so a couple of things I'm pulling out from your comments. One is um, it was definitely all about team first. Correct. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, team was always before any individual. Yeah. No names, no, no names on the back of our jerseys. It's, it's, yeah. it's not about you. It's about the team. And, and, and I love hearing that because that is the impression and perception that I've had all these years watching him as a young man, as an, an, an older man over time. Right. And so it's really special to hear you actually confirm that validate that affirm that 
that that was his mindset. And, and uh, in any way, I think that speaks to the greatness of what he did create. And I think at the end of the day, um, you know, people should really consider the greatness of what he created. Uh Another thing though, I'm hearing the second thing I'm hearing is a commitment to continuous improvement. Absolutely. My boy, Ty Mopkins, who's one of the lead designers, creative guys for starter. Uh, you know, he was here a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, He's from I saw, the I saw him in the, in, in the, in the black year, right? Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. My boy, Ty Mopkins, seriously. Like he's just, he, he's just in a league of his own. Like he's, he's just, he's sniffing oxygen. I, I've never sniffed in my life, yeah. right? Like his altitude is, is, is a place I'd like to be someday. But, you know, he, he talked about like, you can't get too high on the highs and too low on the lows. Exactly. And so to hear you say that, you know, it reminds me of Ty's commitment to just continuous involvement, improvement, advancement, you know, just just continue to aspire and, 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 and pursue uh, the vision you have for your life and aspire to do those things. And eventually, so long as you don't quit, it sounds like things fall into place most of the time. Agree 100 percent. You know, when, when, I love watching sports, all sports and I actually enjoy watching post-game interviews. You learn a lot about people and how they respond after the game. And the great ones, in my opinion, even if – so so we'll, we'll throw Tom Brady's name out there, right? Tom Brady could have just scored the winning touchdown on a two-minute drill, 400 yards passing, five touchdowns. And when they put the mic in his face after the game – he says, oh, we got to, you know, we missed a couple opportunities. Our timing needs to be a little bit better. I can't wait to get back and work out with these guys in practice. Right. It, it, it's okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about the win and we will celebrate the win, but it wasn't a perfect game. So there's still some growth that needs to happen. Yeah. You know, it, uh, and you say that, and it just reminds me of the couple of times that Kobe was interviewed when in the final series, you know, they're up a game, up a couple games, and they're like, hey, we're waiting for you to smile. And he's like, is the job done? The job's not over yet. I'm sorry. Was yeah. is, <laughs> did, did I get this wrong? I thought it was like best of seven. Yep. You, exactly. you know, and, and I love that assassin mentality is my little boy Atlas and my daughter Ava would say it's so savage, dad. Yeah, yeah that is so savage. Exactly. Let, let's talk about let's talk about the ingredients to putting a high performance team together, right? We're talking about all these, like, you know, the greatest achievers in sports and maybe in business. Um, what, when, when you're coaching or consulting on behalf of an organization, whether they're in sales mm-hmm. or a different vertical yep. and they're, they're consulting with you about, Hey Lee, what should we be looking out for? in terms of the characteristics and the profiles of putting a strong team together, what are some of those ingredients you recommend they consider? Yeah. So, so that's, that gets to the heart of, of, of my signature keynote, the five components of extraordinary teams. And I make some assumptions is that you've got people on your team or you're bringing people into your team who have the, 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 the necessary skills to do the job. Right. They've got Mm -hmm. the skills or the potential to do the job. That's just an assumption that I'm making. That's important to point out because most people think that if they find people with the skills or the potential to do the job, they're in good shape. But that's that's not it. 
extraordinary teams don't just look at the people with the skills to do the job. They also look at people with the skills to function within the construct of the team and connect with their teammates, right? Because it's not good enough to have a great roster of individuals. There's some stuff, right? Some of those interpersonal skills that make for a great team. That's why the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, right? Always. yeah, so 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 that stuff is is what I focus on. So I, I talk about looking for competitors, people who are driven to close that gap, right? They're never satisfied. They're concerned about winning at a high level, at a team level, not just personally, but what's best for the team. Um, and and then there's a very clear um, and understood common goal. Right. Most leaders think, okay, if I tell people what the common goal is, that they understand it. (laughs) That's not the way it works. Right. Like just because you say it don't doesn't mean that they get it. Right. And and, and so it's got to be clear and it's got to be universally understood that here's where we're trying to go. Mm -hmm. Right. That that vision has to be articulated, understood and accepted by everyone on the team. Um, yeah, because in that absence, people do what's best for them. Well, when, when you don't know, I mean, why would we get upset at the passengers on the bus? If you get them to jump on the bus and just say, trust us exactly. And 10 minutes into the ride, they start asking, where are we going? Why would you get upset or frustrated by that? Yeah. Vision cast, vision cast, vision cast, vision cast, vision cast, vision cast. Absolutely. And, and the third, the third component of the five is communicate, communicate, communicate. Yeah. Be- because yes, we vision cast, vision cast, vision cast, but we also listen, listen, listen. Yeah. Um, I think that's where many leaders fall off. They're, they're great at articulating information. They're, they're great at casting that vision. They're great at uh, being charismatic in their presentation. But you know why most teammates disengage is because they don't feel appreciated, valued, heard. Because you're not listening. Yeah, they're not listening. And, and, and I, share, listening. I share this amazing quote by a guy named Andy Stanley. It, it, he says, leaders who don't listen are soon surrounded by people who have nothing to say. And all of their wisdom, all of their skill, all of their perspective gets forfeited. It never benefits the team because they don't feel heard. They don't feel like their contribution is respected or appreciated. And all that stuff that they could be contributing to the team, it's gone. And, And they disengage and soon they leave. Right. Or, you know, they may be warm bodies in the building, but sooner, sooner or later, they're going to completely leave and take all of that potential with them. Come back to that quote one more time. I want to make sure we caught that and everybody heard it. Yeah. Leaders who don't listen are soon surrounded by people who have nothing to say. Man, that's so that's so deep. I mean, I just you just woke, woke me up from like 71 nightmares I've had in my professional career that I've that I've created. Yeah, but but Manny, it's not just professionally, it's personally as well, right? Family members, spouses, loved ones who don't listen are soon surrounded by people who, whatever you say, honey, yep, yep, you're right, 
and 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 what's wrong? Nothing. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it, it's it's because if I don't feel appreciated, valued, heard, what good is it to share or to open up or be transparent about what I think? What what value is it to take risks and to 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 share an idea that might help the team? You 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 don't listen. What's the fourth component? Chemistry. Um and, and, and I love this idea because chemistry is about bonds and how elements bond. Interestingly enough, most bonds are formed under heat and pressure. And, and so the real issue is how do we function during times of adversity, right? What do we do when things get tough? Do we point fingers and fall apart or, we, or do we leverage, the, the, do we have the maturity to leverage difficult times to actually come together? Um, and, and yeah, so so there's a maturity thing that that I, I weave into that talk, right? We can't just have skilled, experienced people. They've got to have the maturity that when things get tough, mm-hmm. they don't isolate themselves and ostracize themselves and distance themselves from the team. Just the opposite. They actually engage with the team and say, let's figure out how to get this done together. Love it. Fifth. And then the fifth is consistency, right? Who cares if you're phenomenal periodically? Like had a great uh, month back in October. So what? Right. <laughs> like, eh, I, I need consistency. And that's done through focused practice. Right. The only way to master what we do is to practice the way Aristotle said, you know, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. I love all five of them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm a student of your teachings the fifth one i just had the deepest conversation with a dear friend of mine who like me many times is losing inspiration and when you're not inspired i'll tell you what man the white noise gets really loud absolutely all of a sudden you don't know if you're going north south east or west you're distracted from the vision you're not focused you're not consistent or habitual and in this deep conversation we're having i was like hey i was like i'll tell you what there's many times i have found myself frustrated defeated or uninspired and whether it took me a minute a day or a week yeah yeah the only thing that pulled me out of that was falling back to my habits and my consistency. Correct. Because I thought, hey, if even if I can't see the vision right now because I'm too emotional, right? what right. I do know is that my ass should get up because it's six in the morning. Exactly. Exactly. And get to work and Agreed. get at it. Agreed. Let, let me share a quote that, that pulls me out of my funk or out of my... Uh, lack of consistency sometimes. Discipline, doing what needs to be done to get where you want to go, right? Discipline is remembering what you want, period. Ah. And, and what happens when we get in that funk or when we get distracted, we, we forget what we want. Like we, we're, we're, we're stuck in this current set of circumstances, this, the current set of emotions, and we forget what we want. And the easiest way that I, that I illustrate this idea is with diets, 
right? When, when people fall off or they get distracted or <laughs> not people, when we fall off. When we. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's in front of me is more important than what I really want, right? And so I'll eat something <clears throat> that I shouldn't eat because I forgot what it is that I really want. And, and, and so I'm a big proponent of keeping what I want in my face, right? Like a, 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 a picture, a, a reminder, an alert, a conversation, a, a voice recording of myself telling Lee, bro, keep in mind what you really want. And only what I really want will keep me from getting distracted from what's in front of me or how I currently feel. And, 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 and so that, that's, that's the thing that keeps me going is you got to keep a picture, you know, mental, physical, <laughs> virtual, mm-hmm. uh, of, of, of what it is that you want. What, what are, what are team captains, servant leaders, uh, folks that are stewards of organizations? What are they doing to keep people inspired today? It's a great question. Interestingly enough, I think it goes back to something that we talked about earlier. It's 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 being open and having conversations with them about what's important to that individual. Right. Another mistake that many leaders make is they think they know what the carrot is. Right. They think they know what the the motivation should be for you. How, how do I know what's important to you without me and you having a conversation and me yeah. listening to what's important to you? Right. Well, I'll give you a raise. Money's not my driver. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying it's not my driver, but I'm just <laughs> it, 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 there are situations where people think that it's a, another person's driver and 100%. I could care less about money. So so I, I really think the, the idea of, of, again, building a team and a network is we're connected because you're valuable to me. I understand what's important to you and our partnership is going to help you get to what it is you want, right? It's not a rah-rah speech. I can't inspire you or motivate you based on what I think is important to you. I've got to be able to help you get to what to where it is you want to be or else quite frankly, we shouldn't be connected. You shouldn't be a part of my team. Yeah, for I mean, I would say so. So for young men and women, let's say you know again when you think about your business that you started, athletes at work, yeah, you were connecting uh, high performing, strong character student athletes to lifelong career opportunities. Correct. For those same profiles today, what are one or two of the recommendations you make to them? On hey, this is something you should be looking for as a characteristic or a value of the organization or the mentor you will have. That's no, that's a great question. Um, on, on, on a very high level, connect with people who are or you think they are where you'd like to be, right? They've mm-hmm. navigated the road, yeah. They, they, they know the detours. They can help you shortcut some of the things that need to be shortcutted. And they can help you work through the things that you can't shortcut. Right. Right. There are certain things that you just you just have to do. 
right? They're the Mr. Miyagi's of the world, right? And they, they'll have you do some things that may not make sense to you now. Um, but, you know, <laughs> you got to wax the car, you, you got to sand the wood, you've got to take care of the bonsai tree, and it may not make sense <laughs> to you now. But there's a process and there's there's the big word. There's a process involved to getting to where it is you want to be. Um, if you let me d d divert for a second. Yeah. Um, Nick Saban down at Alabama. I've, I know some speakers who have worked with him in the past and you are not allowed to talk about winning in front of his players. We, it's it, like we don't we don't talk about winning and losing. We talk about the process. If we execute what we need to execute, we'll win. That's why when he loses a game, you know, week three, week five, he's not rattled. He knows that if we continue to do what we're supposed to do and execute on the process, we're going to be successful in the end. So mm -hmm. I think we need leaders. Young people need leaders who can help them navigate and understand the process along the way. I love that. When you, when you think about what these high performance teams are doing at the beginning of the year, you know, we go through this like discussion around the vision, the value proposition. Hey, what's our commitment to the marketplace? Whether it's a consumer client that we're serving, you know, what's our unique differentiator? What's What's the tactical, habitual, disciplined things we should do day in and day out? What does winning each day look like? All of that discussion. What are high-performance teams doing at halftime? And we're coming up on the mid-year. For a lot of us, we're already at mid-year with June. Yeah. What are they doing yeah, that I've others already, aren't? I've already started my, my halftime uh, process. And, and, and so... Let's let's talk football because that's the game I know. Here's what happens at football. You step away from what you're currently doing, right? You, you leave the field, you come in the locker room. And the most important thing that happens, it's not a pep talk. It's the adjustments that are made, right? Mm. What did we see in the first half? What adjustments need to be made? And what most people don't understand or, or don't realize is that there's Half the coaches of, on the team, they're on the field. They see what the players see. Mm -hmm. But there's another half of coaches who are up in the press box mm -hmm. who are looking at the game from a different perspective. And so at halftime, we get to talk through, what are you seeing? Well, what are you seeing up there? You, like you see, you see the game from a bird's eye view. You're looking down on the game. And the great teams make adjustments because they are open to different perspectives. They're open to hearing what someone else sees. So the idea of a mentor, the idea of a coach, someone who can look at your business, your practice from a different perspective, and you be open to making the necessary adjustments is critical. And, and, and I think that's what the great teams do, right? People say, well, they're a great second half team. Well, that's because we had some really tough and fast conversations at halftime to figure <laughs> out what needs to be done differently. Because even if we're doing well the first half, we, we can continue in, 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 in concept 
in the second half, but we're probably going to have to make some adjustments because we know they're going to make some adjustments. So it's, 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 it's the whole idea of, of, of hearing from a different perspective and having people in your life, whether they're peers, mentors, leaders, uh, outside coaches, business coaches, personal coaches who can look at what you're doing and help tweak it so that you get on the second half, the performance you're looking for. Yeah. You know, I, I love that you said that. Can I just go on a quick rabbit hole rant about uh, the, the garbage I'm seeing on LinkedIn? Please. Okay. Please. So look, well, um, what do you want me to tell you? No, it's, 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 it's the, it's the podium with Manny. Not, it's, it's, uh, this is your show. No, it's a, it's today. It's at the podium with Lee Rubin. <laughs> also by Manny Musqua. But look, let me, let me just say this about LinkedIn. So I think about it. I'm, I'm like, look, I, I was born to two incredible parents. My, my parents came to this country, not speaking the language, cleaning toilets for a living, navigating roads they'd never heard of. To, to hopefully find humans that would find some serviceable value in them and employ them. Cleaning toilets, mind you. Okay. And, and so I come from those parents who in Mexico were born into entrepreneurs, ranchers, farmers. They had their own business, pride in business, pride in product, pride in people and relationships. And my father and my mother came here humbled you know, almost feeling as if they didn't deserve to be here, but because my father was chasing the American dream, he's chasing the American dream that in the forties and fifties in my father's childhood, it was like, this is where you go to right. live the greatest life ever. Right? right. And so he comes here and he overcomes incredible adversity, incredible adversity to then raise a family. And God bless him. He passed away this February at the age of 87. Oh, We're blessed sorry, to have him this long. It really has been a blessing and privilege to have my father, Roberto Mesco, as my father. Wow. And, and, and so when people on LinkedIn reach out to me, they don't know my father's story. They don't know my story. But they do a search based on some parameters. And then they say, let's have a quick chat on how I can fix your life, fix your company, Fix your team, fix your culture, all the things. Hey, by the way, you must suck. And thank goodness we connected. Here I am to fix you. Yeah. I just, that approach is just not hitting me. It's it, not hitting me. It's not landing anywhere meaningful in my human existence because they're just making the assumption that I'm about to lay on top of a set of railroad tracks right, and right. wait for the next train to come through. You, you and, just, and, and, and I just, this is where I was so excited for us to be together because I'm like, let's have a conversation about what it really looks to coach and consult teams, build high performance teams. And how, how should companies be engaging with you and find you so that we don't have to worry, you know, we could just hit the lead on the 711 uh, approach talks that I get on my LinkedIn account daily. You, you hit the nail on the head. They make assumptions. They, they make assumptions that people are unhappy. People suck. That, that, that not people, that everyone is unhappy. Everyone the reality is, is terrible. 
exactly. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that, 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 uh, they, they make assumptions and therein lies the problem. Right. So to come at, to come at me and say, you're in trouble. I've got your, I've got the answers. Well, no, no, you don't, you don't even, you don't even know what I want. You don't know where I'm trying to go. You don't know what my destination, the division, that picture of my preferred future looks like. So no, you don't. And um, if, if, if um, your only reason to connect with me on LinkedIn is to sell me something, just, just I'm going to delete you now. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you, I go back to the conversation I had last week with my dear friend, Joey Davenport, the okay. head of Hoopus Performance Network based out on the north suburbs of Chicago. It's, it's the leading online learning experience, uh, not just for financial services, but they're beginning to transition into sales in general. Super proud of the work that Joey Davenport and Harry Hoopas uh, have done and the entire team. But, you know, Joey talked about like, hey, cold calling is complicated, right? And I see these outreaches on LinkedIn as a cold call. They're complicated, but they're not just complicated. They're clumsy and they're very uncomfortable. And so I just wonder, what are two or three of the symptoms that maybe an organization, a team or a culture is experiencing for which why they should reach out to Lee Rubin? Yeah, the great, great question. So, so organizations across all industries tend to have similar people problems, right? They, 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 there's a lack of buy-in, right? People are there, but they're not engaged. You know, they, 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 they come in at 8.59, they leave at 5.01. Um, they're getting the bare minimum. Like they, they know exactly what their job, the roles and responsibilities are, and they do them there's no passion. There's no fire. There's no, uh, right. And, 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 and so often I'm asked, Hey Lee, can you come in and help, help us assess where people are and what the issues are? Um, so, so that's one issue that happens. And, and then, so over the last couple of years, as you can imagine, this whole diversity, equity, and, and inclusion mm-hmm. topic has been huge. And, um, I, I take a little different approach to, to the DEI stuff. Um, I, I think an extraordinary team has to include DEI, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's got to be diverse. There's got to be equity. There's got to be inclusion, right? To, to, to try to address it outside of the team, you start to manufacture both behaviors and results that may not support an extraordinary team, right? I've learned in recruiting that you can you can engage in behaviors that make the numbers look good, but still not have a culture where where everyone wants to be and is able to bring their best self into mm-hmm. that environment, right? And and typically that's when you have leaders who don't listen, right? You don't know who's there, you don't know what they're bringing to the table. Um, so that whole inclusion trust issue, um, can be an issue. Um, and and then as we talked about before, there's a lack of consistency, right? I I know we can do it because we do it periodically. Um, but something's going wrong where we're not able to do it on a consistent level. 
So, so those are those are generally the ideas um, that spark people to give me a call and say, "Hey, Lee, heard about you. Heard you've done some work with X, Y, and Z. Um, can we talk?" <laughs> hey, Lee, we're going to get into rapid fire. Yep, we're going to get into rapid fire. First question. Yes, you've spoken at a lot of organizations in the last 30, 60, 90 days. Just first one that comes to mind, not the only one, not the greatest one. First one that comes to mind that's doing something really exciting where you're like, man, after some time with their people, their culture, their energy, I'm so excited for their future. Yeah, I was actually in, in uh, Nashville, Tennessee recently, spoke with a group, Flagstorm, in, in the mortgage business. And, you know, typically when I go in the room, there's there's a level of skepticism and, you know, folks are tiptoeing and they're not sure what to, 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 to make of not only the meeting, but of, of me as a speaker. But in this group, everyone was excited. They all seemed to be on board with what was going on. And they were looking to pull from me as a speaker. How can we get better? How can we close that gap? And when you walk into a room and people want what you have to say um, and, and actually are demanding, <laughs> um, as a speaker, you, you love that. You want to give as much as you have into a, a culture, into the people, an organization like that. So th that was pretty recent, a group called Flagstar. Love it. Shout out to Flagstar. Yeah. Number two, everyone says hire slow, fire fast. Most don't do that. But tell us what that means. Yeah, there's always this pressure to get someone in the role, right? You know, from a, a human resources perspective, there's always this pressure to get someone doing the job. Uh, but if you get the wrong person who's not a fit, who doesn't fit into the culture, whose whose values aren't aligned with the organization's core values, you're going to have a mess at the end of the day um, and probably sooner than later, which is why people say <laughs> fire fast. So let me put the hat on. I'm a hiring manager. I'm in charge of, of, of growing and building a sales organization. What's one simple thing that should be in my process to ensure that when I hire slow, I, I checked all the boxes? And this is, I, this is something I take directly from my experience as a college athlete. Include the team in the process. They are looking at the candidates from a completely different perspective. Let them take the candidate to lunch. Let them spend some time doing something uh, that's not interview-ish, right? That it, it's, it's more social it's where they can see who that person is. Because if you want them to work on my team, I should probably have a voice in, into who's hired and who's not. Rapid fire. What's next for Lee Rubin? Lee Rubin Speaks opened up in 2009. What is the vision for Lee Rubin Speaks? And is there something else that will be sprouting off off of that? Great question. Um, what's next for Lee Rubin is to continue closing that gap, is to get better at what I do, to continue adding value to what I do, to sharpen my message, to make sure my message is relevant, uh, but to also take that message and put it in different media, right? People learn differently. So there's a book coming. There's another online course coming um, because I'm, you know, I, I believe this is part of my mission to take my experience 
um, from, from a team perspective and help teams both personally and professionally get better at what they do. And so to, 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 to sharpen the way I communicated and to put it into different media where, where people can extract that information and use it in, in the way that they best use it. Last question. Yep. Who is the one person in our generation okay. that you look forward to sharing a stage with someday in front of a, an incredible organization and why? Okay. Are we talking about the, an organization or sharing a stage with another speaker? Who would you like to share a stage with? Wow. Um there's got to be somebody that's been on your mind and your heart. Wow. Um, wow. This is not rapid. <laughs> it's all right. I'm going to cut you off just like I did Janelle Miller last week. Yeah. So so there's some speakers I really enjoy hearing. One is a gentleman named Inky Johnson. Uh, oh. Yeah. I, 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 I enjoy listening to Inky. Um, and, and you know who I become fascinated with and interested in Grant Cardone. Okay. Yeah. And, 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 and like his, his approach, the way he thinks it's, it's, it's different. (laughs) And, and I'm not sure how aligned we are. Um, but his, 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 um, his courage, his brashness, his directness on a stage is interesting to me. Yeah, he's got a lot of grit, grind, and tenacity. Too. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's what I appreciated about him. He like he's not going to lose. Yeah, he's not going to lose. Um, there, 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 there's some concepts that he shares that I don't know if I embrace one hundred percent. Um, but there's some stuff about him that that fascinate me about him. Well, folks, we're at the end of the road uh, with my friend, husband, father, four-time author. One time Penn State team captain. I say that because you only get to play college football one time in your life at Penn State under Coach Paterno. Um, literally one of the most recognized voices and conversationalists, coaches, consultants in building high performance teams. Uh, Lee Rubin, it's an absolute delight. I hope our listeners subscribed opt-in you find us on uh apple spotify and uh youtube and lee rubin you're an absolute delight my friend always always impressive always learning from you i've got literally if you look at this i've got all these sticky notes of thoughts ideas and comments and uh yeah it's just an absolute blessing and privilege to be with you it is mine. I feel the same way about our time together and about you as a person. Thanks for what you do and the influence you have. Um, really appreciate the opportunity to be here.